0: The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Remember, no case is typical. You should not expect to experience these same results. Welcome to Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. I'm Wayne Shepard. Today, our conversation centered on the emotional journey of those going through cancer. Battling cancer is difficult for any patient, not only impacting them physically, but emotionally as well, Percy.
1: So here's the question of the day, Wayne. What do we do or what should one do with their emotions in the midst of a crisis? Yeah, Is it important? Should it be addressed? What do we do with our emotions?
0: Well, it has to be addressed, doesn't it? You know that well.
1: Well, and we're going to talk about that today, about the emotional needs of a cancer patient.
0: And we're going to offer you a resource that can help you as you reach out to uh, to touch those who are going through cancer and help them through the emotions as well. Maybe you are going through some of that yourself. look that resource right now online at healthhopeandinspiration.com.
1: Well, our spiritual nugget for today to help frame this conversation is found in Psalms 28, verse number seven. And it says, the Lord is my strength, and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy, and with my song I praise him. We're going to talk about the power of that around understanding how to support the emotional needs of cancer
0: patients. I'm so glad you chose a psalm to uh, illustrate that here today scripturally, because the psalms deal with our emotions honestly, don't they?
1: They really do, and it helps us to understand how to unpack that and how to respond to our emotions appropriately.
0: All right, if you would like to download this free resource called Emotional Needs of Cancer Patients. It's available right now. You don't have to wait for it to arrive in the mail. You can download it and make one or several copies right now at Hope And when we come back, you'll meet a very special couple. They've been with us before and we couldn't help but have them back again today. You'll meet them next on Health, Hope and Inspiration.
2: If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease. Evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic medicine, along with pastoral care to help maintain strength and quality of life treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com, Cancer Treatment Centers of America that never quits.
0: At Cancer Treatment Centers of America, spiritual support is provided as desired by the patient. You're going to meet a very special couple here in just a moment. They've been with us before on the program, but we just had to have them back. Our program today, our emotional journey, talking about the emotional needs of cancer patients, that's the download available to you. A special resource called Emotional Needs of Cancer Patients available right now at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Once again, here's our host, Reverend Percy McRae.
1: Well, I am so excited and thrilled again to have back with me uh, D and Al Pert. Uh, You've heard them before. If you haven't, please go to healthhopeandinspiration.com and you can look up uh, any of the previous interviews that we've had uh, with Al and Dee. They've been with us individually. They've been with us collectively. And they come back to us again collectively. Uh, Dee, of course, is a three-time breast cancer survivor. Three times she's gone through the process of having breast cancer. And Al is her husband, her faithful, loving husband, who also was her caring caregiver, and he shared with us about being a caregiver. And we, wanted, we we loved and enjoyed having you guys with us so much. First of all, welcome, and thank you for coming back to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we wanted to circle back, and I felt like your story was so compelling, Dee, with regard to obviously being a three-time breast cancer survivor. I'm sure that there are other women out there who probably relate to having cancer on more than one occasion. But we want to talk about, a little bit and dig into the emotions that you have had or that you went through good and bad, the ebb and flow and the high and low. Uh, Al, you shared some of your emotional struggles as a caregiver, but D I want to, we want to dig into that a little bit and hear a little bit more about what you went through, what you experienced, and how you processed through that, and if you can be as candid as possible again, we don 't want you to bear your soul to the world right. but but we want to help others who are listening today. men and women both get breast cancer uh, let 's talk about some of your emotional uh, roller coaster experience of being a breast can- a three time breast cancer survivor
3: well, the first time it was like hitting a brick wall, you know you it's, it's just that shock, that numbness that you kind of say, mm. well, this really isn't happening. Maybe they made a mistake. Mm. Not to
1: me. Not to me, right?
3: Yeah, not to me. And, and the, the thing about the first time around, my, all the doctors who saw my tumor said, oh, this doesn't look like anything. And when I found it myself, I remember um, my doctor saying, it's probably nothing, but we'll treat it like it is. And so one of the things I always tell women is just get a biopsy anyway. Because even the pathologist who looked at the tumor said, oh, I don't think this is anything. Really? And they were shocked that it was cancer. Wow. So I kept, remember thinking, they're going to call back and say they made a mistake. And then after I got the second opinion and the third opinion, and everybody said, no, this is cancer. I just so unbelief.
1: So you had three opinions.
3: I had three opinions.
1: Because we encourage people who are initially diagnosed with cancer to at least get a second opinion. I think that is really important. And so in your case, you had three opinions. I had three opinions. Okay.
3: Because I was looking for a doctor that fit me. And um, so one of the things I said was, this, this can't be right. I mean, I'm doing it all right. So why, what went wrong? Sure. So after that unbelief, and and Al was great because he just dug in and became my um, resource manager. He looked up everything. He researched things. He got books. And and at one point, it was just overwhelming. And I was like, okay, it's just too much information. Just stop. But then after the unbelief, I just said, okay, well, what am I going to do with this? Sure, sure. And it was kind of like I was in this, this valley of where do I take this? What does this mean? Where, what does life mean? And at the time, our child, our son was um, in eighth grade. And, you know, it, cancer affects more than just you. Absolutely. And as a mother, the first thing you worry about is how am I going to tell my child? Well, about.
1: cancer is a community disease, as we tell everyone here on the show. And I want you to put a pin right there, Al. So now she's working through this shock, this unbelief, this this massive amount of flood of emotions. Why me? You become the research guy. You become the resource guy. You're digging through stuff, and now that I've spent some quality time with you, I can so see you doing this and and really getting detailed information. She feels overwhelmed. What's going on in your head? What what are you thinking as you are watching your beloved, the mother of your children, uh, your darling wife work through this range of emotions?
4: I have to say um, in listening to Dee that – those were probably very real internal emotions that she was dealing with. Oh. Uh, but looking at it from the outside, and I have said this over and over again, that outside she had the spirit of a gladiator. Wow! Uh, and I, I always said that if I had to, if I had to go into war, I would want D as the leader because even in the midst of those emotional issues. It didn't show. Okay, she went to work every day. She continued in her house caring, uh, housekeeping duties. Me, on the other hand, I would be walking around, and people were saying, "What's wrong with you?" Okay, you know, okay. I had a high profile job in relationship and sales, and people just sensed that something was going wrong. Got so you. I, I really uh, struggled with uh, the emotional end, but finding something that I can do. To support Dee uh, in researching with her doctors, researching on the treatment, going and helping with understanding the side effects, I dove into that. And that was a mechanism of coping for you. And that was a mechanism of coping.
1: So with that, D shows up. She's a gladiator. She's a warrior. She comes to play every day, according to what you've just described. You dig into, I'm going to be the research and resource guy, which is how you're coping. All right, we've got some information. You're starting to get a little overwhelmed because this guy's giving you probably too much information now. Now, where do you experience? What's going on? So now
3: I'm, how do I tell my son and, and my family and so there, we were very select in who we told even in the family.
1: Ah, interesting.
3: Because um, I'm from a very large family, and there's a lot of drama in my, in my family. Understood. And I said, you know what? I don't need to deal with their drama and mine at the same time.
1: Yeah, because it just adds stress to your situation.
3: Exactly. So we just said, okay, we're going to tell these people, and that's it. Um, and so that that worked the first time around. But the second time around, that's when the shock really hit. I mean, if I thought I hit a brick wall before it was like, oh, no. And there were other things going on in our lives. You know, a lot of time people think, oh, you just have to deal with cancer. But there's other things going on in your life. And and we were in turmoil even before the second. Diagnosis. Wow. Wow. And so that's when I just said, OK, God. I'm lacing up my boots. We're going to go at this again. I know you've you've cured me for the last four years, and um, we're going to do this together.
1: Now, another interesting point that you bring up that I think is important for people who have not walked this path is that, Cancer is not the only thing that cancer patients are dealing with. You have other dynamics of everyday life stuff, or even in some cases, comorbidity health-related issues. Though you didn't say that, the point is cancer isn't the only thing that you're managing while being a cancer patient. Right. So you're managing, again, you're trying to manage family dynamics, uh, you know, the, the the drama of of what family can bring to the table. I think many people can relate to that. You're, you're now at a point the second time around where you're like, whoa, wow, this is a whole nother dynamic and a whole nother deal. Now what are you doing?
3: Well, but I was a little more at peace the second time because I had been through the chemo and the radiation. Okay. And I knew what to expect.
1: So, so familiar territory in that regard. Exactly.
3: And, and I said, you know what? Uh, I'll just get through it like I did the last And you got
1: time. the research guy over here pumping you full of guy. information, right? Yes.
3: yes.
1: <laughs> All right, Mr. Research guy, you're pumping her full of information. Hey, this is the game plan. This is what we can expect. Whatever information you were able to provide her now is going on inside of your head and your heart. A little more familiar territory now. A little
4: more familiar territory, but I have to say uh, one experience that God put in my path for the second time around that made a big difference. Sure was being part of the Willow Creek Cancer Support Group. Okay. And we have breakout sessions. And there was a gentleman that came to our meeting one time, never saw him again, uh, and uh, he shared that he uh, accepted Christ in a radio interview in a national Christian network. Wow. And he was sick in bed, and he uh, had the radio on, and it just impacted his spirit And that led him to surrender to Jesus. He shared that information to our group, and in addition to that, he said something to the effect that uh, he had relapsed cancer three times. Wow! He said it's no big deal. He says uh, God brought me through it each and every one of those times. I I looked at him like, are you kidding me? Right, right. And this was before my wife's second diagnosis. Okay, and that. That person came to my spirit time and time again. So that helped you out. Helped me out, knowing that someone survived multiple uh, diagnoses.
1: Hearing that, that someone has been there and done that was helpful. D, I got to ask this question. I know you're a gladiator. You're a warrior. At any point, with the little time that we have left, did you have a breakdown? Did you, did you have, did um, even if, was it a moment by yourself or what? So was there a moment that you just had a, you had a moment, you know, you oh, know, when you have yeah. a moment.
3: And, and I had those moments. I mean, I, I don't want to belittle those moments because, you know, there were times when I would just, you know, write in my journal and I'd be like, God, why is this happening? What didn't I learn the first time around? What do you want me to do with this? Where do I go with this? You know, and, and I, would, I would just cry and I'd say, I don't, I don't know that I can do this. And there were many times that I said, Lord, I, I can't do this anymore. I, you know, I just cannot do this. Yes. And then those were the times that I would pray and I would read my Bible and, and something, there was always something or someone or a card would come in the mail or somebody would call me and say, I've been praying for you. And just those little things, you know, a lot of times people say, well, what can I do to help cancer patients? And I always say, show up, send a card, be there, give them a phone call. It doesn't have to be a conversation about cancer. Right? It just has to be someone saying, you're important to me. I see you.
1: And, and in our closing seconds that we have here, what I take from that is the greatest ability, you guys are supporting cancer patients. You have a cancer support group that you co-lead as volunteers. The greatest ability ability that we could tell anyone who is supporting people with cancer is their availability. Yes. Be available. Someone was available for you. D, someone was available for you, Al. And as a result, you now are being available for others and you are encouraging others to be available for others. I think that is a perfect segue to say you guys are giving back. You're giving and doing your part. Thank you for being who you are and doing what you do and helping so many people bring their best asset to the table and that is their availability. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Love you guys.
0: And we sure do love these guys and we love what God is doing through them in their cancer care ministry at their church, and D. Pert. Okay, you are listening to Health, Hope & Inspiration and when we come back, we'll talk more with our host, Percy McRae. So stay with us.
2: If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease. Evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic medicine, along with pastoral care to help maintain strength and quality of life. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com, Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Care that never quits.
0: So glad to have you join us again this week. If you ever miss a program, Health, Hope, and Inspiration, you can go to our website because the programs are archived there along with the resources we mention each week. So listen online if that's an easier way for you. Health, Hope, and Inspiration.com. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Our host is Reverend Percy McCray, and we're talking about emotional needs of cancer patients today. Percy, something that as you said at the top of the show, we have, to, we have to acknowledge.
1: Well, the thing that we need to acknowledge is that our emotions are part of our human makeup, and so we can't separate them out, we can't ignore them, uh, and we need to come to terms with what what the role is of our emotions and how to properly support our emotions and have our emotional needs met, particularly in the midst of crisis and difficult situations.
0: So, one of the key things as we help those who are going through this emotional journey is just to be physically there, to be present with them.
1: We've said it before, and again, I think it bears repeating. The greatest ability I've had the question asked of me so many times. I'm not very gifted, Reverend McCray. I don't have a lot of talents. The greatest talent and aptitude that we need, an ability that we need to have is availability. Yeah, presence. To be present in the moment with people is crucial in, and being genuine, being sincere, and being available makes all of the world of difference for so many people.
0: Scripture says to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And sometimes, you know, we we don't want to be a, a downer all the time, but sometimes, you you know, you need to weep alongside them. Again, we just
1: need to be present and available to people in the reality of their circumstance and their situation is not necessarily what last thunderous prayers or exhortation or dissertation, being available, being in, in the presence of individuals makes a huge difference in their lives.
0: Yeah, we may weep with them, but we also can be a source of joy, can't we? We can be a source of joy, and that's one
1: of the things that's actually part of our our downloadable document that talks about her helping us to understand that again in some cases people are struggling to find some joyful moments or opportunities we can be a source of joy for individuals in many cases and I'll give you a great example though it's not related necessarily to sickness and disease I just recently had lunch with a, a niece of mine that I have not been in contact with for many years and
0: she's all grown up yeah, now I saw you put a picture of her on Facebook and she's got yeah. her
1: children who are all big and it it just my heart just let with joy to just be in her presence and to hear how she's matured Hmm. and the woman that she's become. It was a source of joy. Your presence in another person's life can be a source of joy.
0: Yeah. When we talk about being emotionally present to help those on a cancer journey, it starts with being present uh, and uh, and available. But we can also uh, help them because sometimes I would imagine patients lose perspective. I mean, I would think that they get so focused on the disease and and what they're doing to combat the disease. That maybe they lose perspective. That we can help remind them of the good things in life.
1: It's absolutely correct. One of the things that we can do. We can remind, particularly if we have some familiarity with the patient. We can remind them of things that they have shared with us. For example, vacations, memorable moments that they were looking toward, graduations, things that again, in the midst of the battle, they've lost perspective mm-hmm. of. That we can bring back into their line of sight to give them a horizon. To to give them a shoreline to swim toward. Sure. I tell people all the time, it's really difficult to tell someone to keep swimming, but we don't give them a shoreline to swim oh, to. That's good. To give yeah. them something to see to go to go after. So again, we can begin to bring those types of things and bring back into perspective for patients. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: and these aren't just things you're throwing out there. I mean, you've you've lived these things for many years now, haven't you?
1: Absolutely. I'm thinking of one particular lady who shared with me the importance of her wanting to see her granddaughter graduate from college, and of course, she was battling cancer. And so the thing that I would occasionally remind her of is, listen, when she, particularly when she would tell me, I'm a little tired today, Reverend McCracken, I don't know if I want to continue to do this. I said, have you have you forgotten about the fact that you told me you wanted to see your granddaughter graduate?
0: Oh, you showed her the shoreline she's swimming towards. And, uh, yeah. and she
1: perked right up and she began to find a mechanism and a means and a way to say, listen, I can do at least one more treatment. Right. So again, those are some practical ways that we can do that with individuals.
0: Should we avoid talking about... Uh, reality and some of the uncomfortable things about cancer?
1: Well, again, it depends on the patient. It depends on the circumstance of their situation. There are certainly patients, for example, that I have had the opportunity to support as a chaplain who wanted to talk about uh, end-of-life types of conversations. They wanted to have some frank discussion around uh, if at the end of the day this would be my last week or month or what have you, uh, I'd like to have some discussion around what I would like to have at my memorial service or what I would like to have people to say. Now, again, you need to follow the lead of that individual. They, they opened up that door. They wanted to have that conversation. It was really important to them uh, to have certain things kind of outlined, and I've had people share with me things that, uh, I've had patients actually ask me, "Would I be willing to actually be part of their memorial services?" Really? And and again, it sounds morbid, but what an honor, what a privilege yeah. that they even thought that much of me and they wanted to have some discussion about that. But again, the patient is the bus driver. Let them lead the way. You follow the breadcrumbs that they leave for you to pick up.
0: Well, many of the things that you have learned, you put into this resource, which we're offering to our listeners called Emotional Needs of Cancer Patients. You wrote this. Uh, So these are based on your own experience and and lessons you have learned.
1: And again, with my colleagues and, again, what I've learned throughout this process of 20-plus years, we've tried to condense and synthesize some very practical things that people can put into action and begin to apply immediately that can be a huge benefit to
0: people. And I love the convenience of the Internet because you don't have to – Call us up and, and and ask for the resource and wait a couple of weeks for it to come in the mail. You can go online right now. You can download this immediately and print out, you know, some copies for your family and friends who need to see this as well.
1: Well, in the age of the Internet and so many other things that are being done on the Internet, it is my privilege to be able to put positive, great, reinforced uh, proactive types of things that will matter to people today, right now, that they have immediate access to. Download this document. You won't regret it.
0: Emotional needs of cancer patients available at healthhopeandinspiration.com. All right, let's circle back on that psalm today.
1: Absolutely. As we close for today, and what a great conversation. Psalms 28, verse number 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. Hallelujah. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy. And with my song, I praise him today. Our strength and our shield comes from God. He is helping us and he is leading the way as we continue to praise him with all that is in our hearts and souls.
0: Be a bearer of that news to someone who needs it today. Be a source of joy to someone who's going through a tough time right now and download this document from health hope and inspiration.com our time is up percy we'll see you next time listen god bless and be well this has been health hope and inspiration once again go online to health hope and inspiration.com i'm wayne shepherd and we'll see you next week
2: phoenix and tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care we use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic medicine along with pastoral care to help maintain strength and quality of life treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs visit health hope and inspiration.com To view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Care that never quits.